Broadcasting from down on the bayou, it's the Average Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by Lake Area Media, LLC. And now your hosts, David Boston and Patrick Fry. And welcome to episode 100 of the Average Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. We are broadcasting live from the Collar and Elbow Studios. Just like the crawl says on the bottom, if you're watching us live, you can get 10% off your entire order at Collar and Elbow Brand. Dot com with the code the average marks one word at checkout in our shirt of the week it's check your head what does House everybody head. want what's that so what does everybody want <sighs> yeah you know it <laughs> yeah too bad i was too young to really i guess get that when whenever it was a thing but of course now being an adult completely understand it <laughs> I tell you what, it was, what does everybody want? Yes, exactly. It was insane in WCW. I mean, it called on into WWF as well, but in the ECW world, it was out of this world. <laughs> I can about imagine. All right, what well, we got lined up today, Patrick? All right, well, for episode, well, did you uh, do all of the uh, the plugging you needed to do? I, I kind of jumped in there as you were plugging the the t shirt. Yeah, I got the T-shirt. Yeah, get 10% off the average marks at checkout. And then after uh, you go, I'll hit the uh, social media. All right, just making sure we covered everything. But on today's episode number 100, it took us a while to get here, but we are here. Big episode 100. Nothing special for the 100th episode. You know, it's going to be just like any other episode. We're going to sit here and talk about some professional wrestling, but there are some big topics to talk about. Earlier this week, more WWE layoffs. We're going to talk about those. Also, there's been talks of a possible WWE New Japan Pro Wrestling Partnership. We'll talk about that. And then this past Sunday was AEW Double or Nothing. And what a show that was. We're going to review that show. And then, of course, we got some rumor mill stuff. Possible rumor on Brock Lesnar's return. Also, some rumors uh, or a rumor about Zelina Vega's return. And the possible sale of WWE, which kind of ties into some of these layoffs that they've been having. But we're going to talk about the possible sale of WWE and the rumors surrounding that and everything else all coming up on The Average Marks, episode number 100. Find us on your favorite platform for social media, whether that be Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Just search The Average Marks. You can also find us on Patreon as well. If you like what we do and you like our content and you want to help the show get bigger and better, maybe eventually one day we can have our own studio to broadcast together in with a whole bunch of cool stuff in the background. You know, patreon.com forward slash The Average Marks. Starts off at a dollar a month. Goes all the way up to 50 if you want to hit that great Muda status. Uh, but anything would help, and we sure would appreciate it. All right. Well, as I said a while ago, uh, the big story earlier this week, uh, more releases from WWE, and you know we had some big ones in the past, but this slew of releases this week from top to bottom could be the biggest they've had yet, uh, literally and figuratively. Uh, the biggest shock of them all, Braun Strowman being let go, and I, I was, you know, scrolling through social media. Was it yesterday or day before yesterday? This it's been a crazy week for me. Was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday yeah. they released everyone. Uh, 
and I'm scrolling through, and I see that Fightful was reporting Braun Strowman got released, and immediately my first thought was, what is today? It's not April 1st. Oh, my goodness. It's because, you know, sometimes on April 1st, which was two months ago, they, they'll do something like that where they try to fool you. But my first thought was, is today April 1st? No, it's not. It's June 2nd. And Braun Strowman getting released. Big time shock there as he was in the, you know, he was in a title match just at the last pay-per-view. So just shocking there. And, you know, they could have, there's so many things they could have done with Braun that they didn't. And let me go through the, the remainder of the list here. Another one that sort of surprised me, but slightly did not. Alistair Black, and it was someone who's had all had all the potential in the world. He was a star in NXT, hyped up when he came to the main roster. He, he started off with that program. He, he tagged with Ricochet, and then ever since then, he sort of you know kind of faded off into oblivion, and then they were starting this program back up with him, and now all of a sudden, it's just out the door he goes. Buddy Murphy, another one. Not really surprising to me. They weren't really doing anything anymore with him. I think they, you know, they, they, they've, it's Buddy Murphy has run his course in WWE. I mean, the guy got to date Alexa Bliss uh, for a while and he also <laughs> got to smooch with Mysterio's daughter. So he's had a, he's had himself a fun time in WWE. Uh, Ruby Riot, another, I would say, I'd say a, a little more surprising because there's always been talks of her and how good she is. And, you know, obviously she had the Riot Squad, which was a really good faction for a long time. And they split up and they kind of reunited. And to me, she just doesn't fit the the WWE mold, I guess. I mean, it's her look. I mean, I'm not hating on her look, but obviously you see the majority of the type of women that are top stars here in, in WWE. I mean, beautiful. And I'm not saying Ruby Riot ain't beautiful, but she's maybe by the average person not considered as attractive as, you know, the um the the, the average woman, I guess. I don't know what you want to say. I'm not saying like I said, I'm not saying she's ugly or anything, but look, you know you don't have you don't have to crawfish on this, dude. She's not a good looking chick. <laughs> well, I don't find her as attractive as most of the the women, but uh, like I said, I just don't. And it's it's it goes back to the thing with with men. You know, the, the smaller guys. You know, the the WWE mold for men has always been the big, like kind of like a Braun Strowman. Like that's why it was so surprising he was let go. He fits the mold of the WWE and what they consider to be a star as far as how their wrestlers should look. And Ruby Riot, while she's a tremendous wrestler. She, like I said, she doesn't really have that look. She's got tattoos everywhere, and granted, other women have had tattoos, but she just doesn't have that look that I think WWE's really ever tried to go for. And I mean, they gave her a chance, and she's had some nice runs and everything. Um, and then there's Lana. Lana, obviously, is is a bit of a surprise because she really has that look uh, that maybe WWE looks for in a woman. I mean, blonde, beautiful. Uh, not Russian, uh, but certainly she and, you know, a lot of people always said that she wasn't the best wrestler, but she was always, you know, giving her best. And certainly when, you know, 
Miro left the company, she took probably a lot of shit um, having to do all these bumps and everything. And she did it. She went out there and she did it, never complained about it or anything. And then, you know, they just let her go. And then who's the other one they let go? Santana Garrett. Santana Garrett. Honestly, I'd never heard of Santana Garrett. Um, you know, I, I know you, you, you know who Santana Garrett is. I, I may have heard, I may have heard the name before. I've never seen her wrestle though. So when I saw Santana Garrett and I was like, who? Tell me a little bit about Santana Garrett. You know a little bit about Santana? Yeah, Santana Garrett, multi-NWA women's championship, WOW women's champion. She's wrestled all over the world. And, um, man, she she had a great program going on in WOW right before she left with Tessa Blanchard. That was, Mm -hmm. you know, the stuff leading up to it, like the promos and, and the stuff in the ring where they almost fought, but they didn't. It was, it was good stuff. Do want to shout out our number one fan, Marcus Talbert in the chat. That's right. Saying hello, fellas. A lot to talk about today with six new releases. You are correct as we are currently talking about. And he also did mention, I don't see Vega coming back with them, just letting her husband go. That's something we're going to talk about in rumor mill coming up. But, um, but yeah, the releases, this week, like I said, Braun was surprising. I thought Alistair was a, a little surprising considering they were trying to do something with him and now just abruptly ending that. Um, like I said, I was surprised at five of these six, Santana Garrett, just because I never heard of her. I wasn't surprised. But the other the other five, I was certainly surprised to an extent, depending on which one we're talking about. But because all six of those people – have played pivotal roles uh, in WWE or NXT uh, over the last few years. So, you know, there's a lot of talk, and we're going to talk about this in Rumor Mill. You know, what's the deal with all of these these releases? And, I mean, this is something that's been happening in the, not just in the last day or two, not just in the last couple of weeks, but since last year, since COVID. And, you know, obviously – we thought COVID was the reason for all of the, the let goes last year as obviously fans weren't allowed to come to, to wrestling shows. So that right there, you know, you take a big hit financially, although WWE has $3 billion deals on the table. So, you know, you start to wonder what, what's really behind all of these, these releases. And we're going to talk about that coming up in rumor mill a little later on in the show, but surprising stuff, uh, you know, and, there were talks of more releases. I think Sean Ross Sapp had said maybe there's more releases, but he actually tweeted not long before we started recording that as of the start of the recording, he had not heard of or known any other releases that were coming. So there may be more releases coming, but right now we're still unaware on uh, if there will be or who may be released. Yeah, and what blows my mind about it is, you know, the major chirp about why Braun was let go is because of his huge contract. But like you said, they had $3 billion deals. Why does that even matter? I mean, obviously, you got enough cash flow to pay for Braun Strowman. He's still, even though you've booked him like crap, he's still over with the fans, and he still has a great look. I mean, even if NBC or whoever, Disney or whatever, buys WWE, I mean, you still have $3 billion from deals on the table. That doesn't go away. That doesn't go with Vince McMahon. It's a publicly traded company. It's staying right there. Yeah, and the, and the thing, and, and now 
that they are all released, you wonder what's next for, you know, we, we wondered that for everyone that's gotten released. And for a guy like Braun, I'm trying to wonder where he, he could go because he was a guy, obviously he's been in wrestling now for a handful of years, and he kind of skyrocketed to the top in a sense. I mean, he started out with the Wyatt family and went from there. So I don't know if I would see, I don't even know if I could see an AEW picking him up. A lot of people are saying maybe he'll go back to powerlifting because this dude got absolutely shredded and in shape the last year or two. And then they, they let him go. So maybe he goes back to powerlifting. Um, also buddy Murphy, where does he go? Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him in an AEW. I feel like he would fit the AEW mold. Also, I think Impact would be a good place for him as well. And then you have Lana, who obviously her husband's in AEW. I could see her going there. Ruby Riot. Um, not really sure about Ruby Riot. I, I could see her maybe going to AEW right now. The, the women's division is starting to really heat up in AEW. But I think Ruby Riot would be a phenomenal addition to that women's division there and then also who santana garrett no idea where the hell she's gonna go well, um, obviously she has a home with wow she can go back there if they're still yeah doing I was about to say, you said she was a multi multi-time nwa world champion i could obviously see her going back there and then alistair black um not you know, her his wife obviously just got released by wwe there's rumors of her coming back but as mark has mentioned and uh, my thoughts exactly is that I don't see her coming back after they just let Alistair go. But Alistair took got on her Twitch channel yesterday and really started just spilling the beans, so to speak, and really had no hard feelings or anything. You know, he says he owed a lot to WWE for all the exposure they've given him and everything. So I think he would be a tremendous fit in AEW. Would love to see him in AEW. I really would hate to see him go anywhere else because. He could be an absolute star in AEW. Yeah, and I tell you what, the place that I see Braun going is New Japan. I mean, that's Brody, a bruiser Brody all over it. You bring this big old crazy American over there that's, you know, just insane in the membrane, and he's coming out there with big chains around his his uh, neck, and he's swinging it in the crowd like yeah. bruiser used to do. He would make so much money in Japan because kayfabe isn't dead in Japan. Like, like if you get out there and you're big and crazy, they're gonna believe it, and like you're gonna be the next big thing over there. Yeah, my worry is if he goes to New Japan. I mean, obviously over there in Japan, like the way they wrestle is very physical. It's almost like a shoot fight. Man, he he could hurt somebody over there in New Japan. I tell you what, so. Hopefully, and I feel like he's, I mean, he's been in the wrestling business long enough to where he should be, how can I say this, smoother in the ring and uh, something. And there may be times where he's not, but he's got the power, the strength. Uh, I just hope he doesn't kill somebody in New Japan. That's just uh, what I hope for, for all those other New Japan guys. But yeah, he um, he could be, you know, like, like, like an attraction in, in New Japan, as you said. So I'll be curious to see where everyone goes. But uh, an interesting thing to note that I tweeted out on our Average Marks Twitter page, go follow us at The Average Marks, is that as of today now, 
AEW All Out, uh, arguably their biggest show of the year, is 94 days away, which is just outside of that 90-day no-compete clause that uh, these people, these uh, these people that just got released, will have to go through. So, who knows? Maybe one of these folks will show up at AEW All Out. Looking forward to seeing the possibility of that happening. Well, if they show up, wouldn't they be breach of contract? No, because it would be outside of the ninety days. Oh, the ninety, I thought... day, the 90 days would be up five okay. days prior. Yes, to, eight, to all out. Yes, so, there you go. Gotcha. All right. Well, our next topic Why is this: this dadgum, this the new way it's doing it. <laughs> our our uh, melon app. Uh, how you say this? I don't uh, understand format. why you can't just like make defaults. Like when we switch over to like a pick in the middle, I won't. Th- and we're paying okay. for this. I'm sorry, Patrick. No, that's fine. I understand you're paying for it. And it's not working the way you want it to. And that's, really I mean, if this comes up. I don't want to do that. No, we don't want to do that. Not at all. Um, so our next topic is the possible working relationship between WWE and new Japan pro wrestling. I mean, r- reports are that, WWE reached out to New Japan to be their exclusive American partner. So obviously that means they won't be working with AEW if that turns out to be the case. And in my opinion, I think that's the the main reason they're doing this. Yeah. I think they're doing this to shut out New Japan from AEW because they I think they realize if New Japan is in a full blown relationship with AEW now that the, and then now that obviously the pandemic is starting to come to an end, um, travel restrictions obviously will, will get lessened. Well, I mean, I don't even know there is a travel restriction right now, but certainly as we start to return to normal, there's going to be more Japan guys coming to AEW and possibly AEW guys going over to new Japan and going back and forth. So, WWE obviously says, well, hey, you know what? We got the money because we cut all these people, so now we don't have to pay them. Maybe we can, you know, throw a little little money New Japan's way and we can be the exclusive partner, American partner of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And that way they can't have any of their guys go over to AEW. They got to come over here. And who knows how they're going to play that. And maybe it's a part of... And like I said, we're going to talk about this in Rumor Mill, but, you know, the possible sale of WWE, maybe this is could be one of those things they're trying to do to where it'll up the value of the sale value of WWE as well. But, you know, some people I've already heard talk about, you know, what if we get a, a Tanahashi versus a John Cena? Obviously, two legends uh, of their respective companies and. Uh, I, I would be all about John Cena versus uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. I'd be all about, I mean, because obviously I got introduced to New Japan just a few years ago, and I, I I love New Japan. The only problem is they always come on at 4 a.m. when I'm sleeping. And <laughs> if I can't watch it live, I really don't care to watch it at all. So um, I, I'll be interested to see how it plays out. But right now, it, it would appear that there's nothing set in stone because Tony Khan cut that promo on his kayfabe brother, I guess you could say Nick Khan, and called him a con man from Connecticut. 
Nico Dead. Yo, congrats on 100 episodes. Thank you, uh, Nico Dead. We appreciate that. Uh, here's to 100 more of the average marks. But Tony Khan cut that promo and was basically saying, you know, you think you got a deal with New Japan, but I got the IWGP US champion here in my company who just retained it. Yuji Nagata just came through. Uh, Leo Rush was the 21st entrant in the Casino Battle Royale last Sunday. He's with New Japan. So, you know, they got some so got some New Japan ties there, and they got the belt, one of New Japan's belts, on the one of the top guys in AEW. So, obviously, nothing is set in stone yet with, with New Japan and WWE, but I personally hope that New Japan doesn't do this deal with WWE. I'd rather see him with AEW because... I, I don't know. WWE is just starting to just. I don't. I don't know what they're doing. I, I don't know what they're. It, it sometimes, and I don't know. Maybe there will be an answer to all of this somewhere down the line. Marcus Tower says Roman Reigns versus the God, the Gorillas of Destiny. Yes, the, I did hear people talk about the possibility of like a Roman Tamatanga. I don't know if they're going to be like in a, a faction or a feud or whatever the case may be. That would be awesome. And the, the possibilities are there. But with the way WWE has been booking a lot of their superstars lately, you, all, all you can do is hope for the best, but expect that it, it, it's the worst. Because, I mean, Monday Night Raw has is, is absolutely been terrible. SmackDown's been okay. But, I mean, the, the SmackDown roster at this point is so thin that it's going to be an ever-revolving door of the same matches over and over and over again. So I really don't know what to think of this possible WWE-New Japan relationship. I'd like to be excited about it, but at the same time, I can't be because WWE hasn't done anything to really excite me, I, I would say, in the past, in the past two years. So... I don't know. What do you think? What, what's your thoughts on this possible relationship? Yeah, I think they'd be dumb to do it as well. I mean, obviously, WWE is going to try to throw a lot of money their way. So, I mean, if it gets to the point where the money's too insane, I mean, as a business, you got to do it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, I think your relationship with AEW and Impact is way better than a WWE uh, relationship because, you know, you got the good brothers over in Impact. You can bring over a Sammy Callahan. Uh, I, who knows where Moose is going. If he resigns with Impact, you can bring him over as well. And then all the AEW stars that people know in Japan, like Cody and the Bucks and Omega and stuff like that, Moxley, Jericho, you can bring them back as well. It just makes more sense for them to be in a relationship with Impact and AEW. And AAA is involved in there as well. I mean, they may get some Mexican stars up there. Yeah, and it you know, it seems that AEW already has a couple of good working relationships, obviously with AAA and Impact, and, and to some extent, New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, I don't know. Um, like I said, I hope to see New Japan team up with AEW. I think that's what a lot of AEW fans would rather see, because financially, you know, New Japan could thrive with WWE, but product-wise, I, I don't know. I mean, it's. And I mean, obviously, what they do in in Japan will be, still be should be good, but at the same time, um, I, I think you'll have a better chance of your stars 
and it's all like I said. There's so many different factors here because obviously WWE has a bigger audience. As bad as they've been, they got a bigger audience than AEW. So your stars are going to get more exposure, but at the same time, and you probably get more money too. But if you go to AEW, I feel like your stars are going to shine a lot more in AEW. Uh, you may not get as much exposure. You may not get as much money out of it, but I feel like your your wrestlers will thrive more if you go to AEW versus if you go to WWE. The other thing that I can think about, you talk about G.O.D., how awesome would an inner circle Bullet Club rivalry be? Or even Bullet Club Elite rivalry? Yeah, Bullet Club Elite. You got Bullet Club and the Pinnacle even. I mean, there's endless possibilities because AEW, they're getting in wrestlers hand over fist at this point. I mean, they got... You know, obviously Dynamite on Wednesdays, they got AEW Dark on Tuesdays, AEW Dark Elevation on Mondays, and then now they're getting this new show Rampage on Fridays. Like, it seems like they're just getting in more and more wrestlers. And granted, a lot of these wrestlers that are on these smaller shows are not signed to full-time contracts, but, you know, they're getting people to come in and wrestle and, and everything and, and whatnot. And they're signing some of them, and next thing you know, they're going to have so many people. So, yeah, let's... uh. Let's do it. Uh, but Marcus says, my thing My thing is, could you see AEW and WWE working together? I mean, we already know they did the Jericho and Austin podcast, and that was in the WWE Network. Then on top of the Jake the Snake was on their new show. <laughs> we They go looking for lost treasures. So, uh, you know, I, there, there's always been rumors of, I, I think it was WWE saying, if they want to work with us, hey, give us a call. Or maybe it was the other way around, but... I don't know. I feel like there's so much. I don't want to say like they say that they don't care what WWE does, but at the same time, WWE is written free in some of their heads because they've been mimicking because every now and again, I think it's just the bucks that, that do this. I don't know if they do this on their own or who's telling them to do this, but they mimic things from WWE. They mimicked Roman and the shield and uh, their match on a uh, double or nothing last Sunday, they mimicked uh, a few weeks on dynamite. They mimicked the Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair match from WrestleMania 24. And, you know, obviously when they first started, they were always taking jabs at WWE. So WWE, in my opinion, lives rent free in some of their heads. Um, so I don't know if they could work together, but I would, I would personally love to see AEW and WWE work together. Um, I think that would certainly help WWE, and I think it would help AEW. Um, but I just don't ever—I don't ever see that happening. Yeah, Nico Dead has a great point here, saying that the WWE NJPW partnership could end up like the TNA uh, New Japan partnership back in 2011, which a bunch of bad, bad blood from that. And if you think about it, the way WWE booked one of New Japan's biggest stars of all time, Nakamura. I mean, they just buried him in the mid-card, essentially. Yeah, I mean, he, he had a, a quick rise. He won the Rumble back in 18, uh, fought AJ Styles for the WWE title at WrestleMania 34. He lost it, and then he kind of went into obscurity. And now he's you know he's, he's hanging around. But, yeah, that like I said, that, that's another one of those things WWE just kind of dropped the ball on, uh, mm -hmm. as, as they did with many others. So, um I'll be looking. To, I'll be interested to see what happens, but I hope New Japan does not go team with WWE. I just, 
uh, unless the only way I could see it is if WWE gets bought out by somebody and the product vastly improves. Other than that, no, don't, don't do it. Yeah. And the other thing, and the other thing you think about WWE, it's just going to be a one-sided partnership. They're just going to want to use their talent. And essentially when their talent goes over to new Japan, they're not going to get the same kind of press. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and the fact that AEW, so many people that are in decision-making uh, places came from New Japan. I think they harbor actual love for that company, respect for that company, and they would do a better, I guess, more fair of a deal. Yeah, so like I said, at, at this point, it's all speculation. Um, so it, it seems like they're further along you know, there was reports that, hey, WWE's been talking to him, but at the same time, like, doesn't seem like they've been talking to him all that much because AEW still got one of the, I mean, still got one of the New Japan belts in their company, so. But speaking of AEW, this past Sunday was double or nothing, and my goodness, what a show it was. Uh, a, a lot of folks on wrestling, on, on the in the internet wrestling community, deemed it the best wrestling show of the year so far, by far. And I, I, I couldn't disagree with that because from start to finish, I was highly sports entertained. They had a lot of great matches. Um, I'm going to pull them up here. We'll, we'll run through some of them uh, real quickly. But the show started with, let me scroll down here. Um, of course, they had the, the, the NWA World Championship match at the beginning in the, in the pre-show. I did not get a chance to see that match, but I heard a lot of people talking very highly of that match. Yes. Serena Deeb defeated Riho. Uh, the match went about 14 minutes. So, of course, they probably had a lot of time. They were the only match of the one-hour pre-show, but I heard a lot of folks talking about that match. Did you, get, did you get a chance to see that match? Yeah, it's amazing. It's probably still on YouTube. You should go watch it. Serena Deeb is an absolute beast. Like, I didn't know much about her, and I thought her name was dumb. I was like, what? Even if Serena Deeb is your real name, why would you call yourself that? It just sounds terrible. But, God, she's a beast, and NWA has a um, a pay-per-view coming up, and I was like, Camille's going to win that belt. But after seeing this, I was like, damn, keep that belt <laughs> on Serena Deeb a little bit longer. I like what I'm seeing, man. Yeah, she's had a, she's had quite the run ever since she's uh, taking the belt off of Thunder Rosa, but uh, I heard it was a very good match. I even heard people on Reddit saying, you need to go out of your way to watch this match. So at some point, I will go watch it. I just haven't had a chance to yet since since Sunday, but yeah, Riho was good too. As small as she is, Riho can take a. She can take it, man. Oh yeah, and she's from Japan. You know, if, if the women are anything like the men in in Japan, she's uh, tough. They have a high tolerance for pain. I tell you that. All right, so the main card uh, started off. Adam Page and Brian Cage fought in a singles match. A fantastic match. Um, Big, big pop for, and this was the great thing about this show too. First full capacity crowd in wrestling since the pandemic started. Uh, big pop for Hangman, not so much for for Cage, but very impressed with Cage. I knew Cage could bring it. Uh, showed a lot of st- strength and athleticism for his size. I mean, it's quite amazing what he can do. But ultimately, Team Taz, Ricky Starks, and uh, Hook, Hook, they came out, tried to assist brian cage and of course back on dynamite on friday night adam page was telling brian cage that i want the brian cage at double or nothing i don't want him i want him and him only you don't need any help uh, or whatever the case may be so 
Uh, ultimately, um, Hook and Ricky Starks trying to help Adam Page. Well, ultimately, it cost him the match. Uh, the uh, what's the? Uh, I'm drawing a blank on his finisher, Hangman, where he does the lariat. Is it the lariat? Uh, isn't the buckshot lariat? Buckshot lariat. Yes. Um, so uh, he gets the win, buckshot lariat, and you know Cage kind of has a little, you know, uh, confrontation, I guess you could say, with Ricky Starks and, and Hook. But obviously, Ricky Starks is hurt right now, and he let you know he pointed to his necks, like, "Don't touch me, I'm hurt," and you know. Cage just walked off, so Hangman gets the the victory there. A very good opening match uh, for Dynamite. That uh, that was a, a really good you know tone setter for for the night. Yeah, uh, Nico Dead says he called Pac and Hangman for the AEW World Title back in 2019. It still hasn't happened. Hopefully next year though. Yeah, Pac. What's still happen uh, this year sometime maybe? Yeah, Pac and Hangman. Uh, they they were they were supposed to wrestle. I think it like the first all out. Maybe they were supposed to. No, it was the first. Um, I think it was 2019 Double or Nothing, their first show. They might have been supposed to. I don't remember what happened. They were supposed to wrestle maybe, and one of them got hurt, and they wrestled like another show or something like that. But uh, yeah, Pac and Hangman would be fantastic, and hopefully it's for a world title. And then Marcus says, uh, oh, Randy Orton sent another one to AEW. Yeah, Randy Orton, man. He's like the uh, man. What would they call that? The. Uh, What's going on here? He's like the pipeline for uh, <laughs> to from WWE to AEW. He's he's the pipeline. So, I tell you what, I wasn't really too into this show because of the whole Cody thing, Cody and the Go Go thing. I was really pooping on that angle, but once I heard that pop that Hangman got, I I, I went straight to DJ Tyski mode. I was like, "Let's go!" Yeah, let's go. But we'll talk about that match here coming up in just a little bit. Uh, the next match of the night was the Young Bucks taking on Eddie Kingston and John Moxley for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. When Moxley and Kingston came out, he kicked that door open, and I mean it was it was so poetic. He kicked it open right as the the song started singing "Wild Thing," and I mean that crowd went berserk for those two. And my and. And Moxley was so fired up. I mean, I think he had a water bottle, and he chunked it. He must have chunked it 100 yards somewhere. Smashed his head with a beer can, too. He had, Yeah, and he, he's, he's chunk, and that was during the match. He had a beer. He's chugging the beer, banging it off his head like he's Sandman. And Kingston, <laughs> man, Kingston's just coming out, and he's just smiling. I think he's just soaking it in. He is, and he's just loving. I mean, Mox was walking in front of him, and Mox was just going just ape shit. Mox was just, and Mox was enjoying it too, but Eddie's just big old smile on his face. You got to feel good for Eddie Kingston uh, getting a big pop like that with, with Moxley. Uh, in my opinion, they had the entrance of the night. I mean, it was electric. And then, of course, the Bucks come out to just a bunch of booze. Really good matchup here. It was, a, it was a long match, as I expected it to be, as the Young Bucks matches always are. It was the, let's see, one, two, three, fourth longest match of the night. But um, it was a really good match. I expected the Bucks to win. I picked them to win. But man, it, what a what an atmosphere that was! A lot of people were were shitting on the referee too, like how he wasn't following the tag rules and stuff like that. But I, I didn't really notice that. I don't really notice those kind of things. So I enjoyed the match, though. What'd you think? It was. A, I thought it was a very fun match. Yeah, I think it. I think it was all right. 
uh, I mean, I still don't get, um, it's like the young bucks are, you know, nobody can beat them these days. I don't get it. There's so many good tag teams there, like share the wealth, man. But I got to say, they got a heck of a run going on here because they are some amazing heels. They're way better heels than they are faces. Yeah, they're they're better heels than they are faces, and they 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 put on fantastic matches. I mean, I I, I don't really care for them uh, at, at all out, outside of the ring, but certainly inside the ring. Hey, anytime they're in a wrestling match, especially for the tag team titles in a big match situation, they're going to perform. Uh, but yeah, they they they're doing tremendous work as heels, and you know they're at the the point now in their careers, uh, at least in AEW, where you know, obviously, Kenny's got the belt. They got the belt. They're all running together as the elite. This is their, you know, this is their 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 era, I guess you could say, in, in AEW. So it's gonna be a while before the, those belts come off the the bucks. Trust me, because they remember they're running the show over there to an extent. So, all right the the next match was the AEW. Oh, I mean, sorry, the uh, the Casino Battle Royale for a future AEW World Championship match. And I know you were were not excited about the outcome. I picked Christian Cage to win. We'll go ahead and fast forward through this because uh, nothing really exciting uh, to me took place in this match. Leo Rush was the Joker card, and I was kind of like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. But at the same time, I wasn't like, whoa, was it? I didn't mark out for it. But at the same time, Neither. it wasn't a disappointment. I had, I initially picked Paul White to be the the entry, and I think a lot of people were going to be upset if Paul White was the the Joker. But uh, I'm okay with it being Leo Rush. And uh, I tell you what, when it came down to Jungle Boy and Christian, I, I was like, okay, Christian's going to win this. But, man, the crowd was so behind Jungle Boy, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, man, if Christian wins this, I'm going to feel so bad for him because they're just going to, unfortunately, they're probably going to boo him out of the damn building. Jungle Boy ends up winning huge pop. He's going to get a title shot in two weeks, but I'm okay with Jungle Boy winning, especially like we talked about this the other day. You obviously weren't thrilled with it, but um, if it was something where you know the winner gets a title shot at AEW all out, then I'd be like, oh, Jungle Boy in the main event at All Out. But obviously, he's going to get it in two weeks. He's not going to win it. But And I thought Christian was going to win it, and maybe at All Out, it was going to be Christian versus Omega. And that could still happen, certainly. But um, it's going to be Jungle Boy taking on Kenny Omega in a couple of weeks. Uh, Dynamite, what were your thoughts, though? Uh, like I said, I already kind of gave it away as to what your thoughts were for the Battle Royale. But uh, what were you thinking as the the ending there transpired? Yeah, I picked Powerhouse Hobbs to win, so I was pretty... I had him I was, as like my runner-up, I guess. I, I had him as the last to be eliminated, and Christian ultimately eliminated him fairly early. I was kind of disappointed about that. Yeah, and you weren't the only one that didn't mark out for when Leo Rush came out. Like The whole crowd was just like, seriously? Leo freaking Rush? I mean, he's a great athlete, but it's never really transitioned himself into a, a fan-favorite wrestler. Mm-hmm. And how long was he in the match? Just a few minutes, and then he was eliminated. Yeah, it didn't you, seem like he was in there very long. You but... waste the Joker on somebody that you're just going to eliminate like that? I mean, come on. Yeah. But, and then uh, Jungle, Jungle Boy. Boy what yeah. was that? I was about to say, yeah, but yeah, Jungle Boy went one, and he, I, I didn't know if you were done with, with your thoughts or whatnot. Yeah, and then Jungle Boy, he's not even a singles wrestler. 
if any if anybody before, from that faction deserves with yeah with Jurassic Express. Yeah, if anybody from that faction deserves a singles push, I mean, just like we've talked about it before, it's Luchasaurus without a doubt. Yeah, wouldn't mind seeing Luchasaurus, but I think I, now I've seen Jungle Boy. He had a match with MJF at one of the shows a while back, and it was actually a very good match. So I think Jungle Boy can certainly put on a, a tremendous match with, with Omega. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And like I said, I know he's not going to win, but I think they'll put on a really good match. All right, the next match uh, from Double or Nothing. Uh, well, here you go. It was uh, Cody Rhodes and Anthony Agogo in a singles match. A lot of people just did not really care about this um, at all. And it was funny because obviously Cody came out. He had a bit. And look, Nico Dead agrees with you. He says, and I agree. Put it in all caps. I agree. <laughs> Should have been Luchasaurus. He also said, I honestly thought we were going to get Satoshi Kojima as the Joker, honestly, since he was in the States last week. But the crowd was radiant behind Jungle Boy. That is right. The crowd was very hot for for jungle boy but cody rhodes anthony agogo singles match obviously they played the america versus great britain thing here uh i, I picked a go-go to win i should have known better uh cody obviously goes over he took like what two or three gut punches and still somehow came back and won but uh i don't know i the match was okay, I suppose. Uh, I, I didn't really see much as much from a go-go as I was hoping for, but no surprise as Cody wins. And, um, yeah, that's all I got on that one. Like, a go-go was pretty good, though. I mean, he wasn't bad. Yeah, he like, wasn't I was bad. I mean, he didn't do terrible. anything. That I was like, damn, he sucks. But, like, I was like, yeah, I was hoping to see more. Especially when a match with Cody, because Cody's a, a good workhorse in the ring. So, I was hoping to see a little bit more. But at the same time, like I said, I haven't seen anything from a go-go I have not liked yet, with the exception of the fact that I wish I, I could see more from him. Yeah, and the thing that, that I was thinking after the podcast, which I should have said last week, if Cody's going to bill himself as the American dream, there's no way he's losing. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there's no way he's losing before, even if he's the American nightmare, but he's calling himself the American dream. <laughs> there's no way he's losing. <laughs> Yeah, I know. And I, like I said, I started listening to other people talk about the match. And the more I listened to other people, the more I was like, damn, I should have picked Cody. <laughs> but I went with my gut because I thought they were really trying to push a go-go, but I guess not. You got anything else in that match or no? No, I just thought I thought a go-go did pretty good. I was not thoroughly impressed, but I was like, okay, okay. He's not that bad. Yeah. All right, next match, TNT Championship, Miro taking on Lance Archer. Uh, this was the shortest match of the night, and I picked Miro to win. He did win by submission. And this was the one I nailed on, on the head. I said he was going to get him in the accolade, and Lance Archer was going to pass out. He wasn't going to tap out, and that's exactly what happened. So not surprised, but at the same time, I, I want to see this feud continue. I think this feud should continue. I would like to see these guys put on a bit more of a, a longer match and, and, and whatnot, but they, they kind of rushed this one. It, it seemed like Miro wanted like, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, Lance Archer kind of comes out and just confronts him, and then boom, they're fighting each other at AEW double or nothing. They really had no build to this match, and yet again, Lance Archer is uh, 
goes well, his opponent goes over. He faced Cody last year, double or nothing for the TNT title. He loses. Uh, this year he faces Miro and loses. So I don't know what they're trying to do with Lance Archer, but he's just been putting people over. Uh, it seems, but. Uh, Nico did said Cody kind of strangled himself with the no world title chance uh, stipulation he agreed on early in AEW. Yeah, he did, but um, that that's eventually going to go away. I think they're going to hope people just forgot about that, and he's going to be in the world title picture at some point. Uh, Miro is finally finally looking like the monster he should be. Yeah, you're right, and he he came into into the company and he played around with Kip, Kip Sabian for a little bit. And then as soon as I heard he was fighting Darby Allen for the TNT title, I said, Miro has to win. He's got to win. Like, And then now if Miro had the title a lot longer leading up to this Lance Archer match, I would have thought, okay, maybe Archer can take it off of him. But the fact that Miro literally had the belt for two or three weeks, said there's no way they're dropping him, dropping that belt off of him already. But uh, good match. Nothing crazy as far as i'm concerned uh nothing blew me away but you know wasn't mad at it so what do you yeah. you think of this one two big dudes like that they should have tore stuff up man go up there and, and you know body slam somebody through the announce table mm -hmm. or something make jim ross stand the whole night <laughs> just destroy no. stuff well though i think where the the announcer table was positioned. Uh, just no, no shot they were going over there. They, they don't really go through the announcer's tables over in, in AEW. Uh, let's see. All right, the next match was uh, the AEW Women's World Championship. This was actually a very good match. Uh, it was Britt Baker taking on Hikaru Shida, who has had the belt now for over a year, just over a year. They gave her a brand-new shiny belt on Friday, only to drop it to Britt Baker <laughs> DMD two days later. I think we all saw this coming. No surprises here. It was a really good match. Britt Baker's finally coming into her own. Hikaru Shida is a great wrestler. Uh, shout out to her for holding it down for the last year in the pandemic era. Uh, I think she, uh, and I don't know if she was kayfabe in this, but she posted on her social media. She just seemed like she was very, I don't, don't want to say she was depressed, but she certainly was just, you know, kind of down in the dumps for having to give up the, uh, the, the title after especially getting out there a brand new shiny bigger title you know so but it's it's time for dr Britt baker to take that belt and I, i'm just very curious to see who's next in line for dr Britt baker but a very good match um the women's division has, has come a long way in aew and uh, they got the right person holding that belt for that division right now well it's got to be thunder rosa coming up next huh uh, yeah, because Thunder Rosa did get that victory in that Lights Out match. So, yeah, Thunder Rosa, uh, in my opinion, should be next in line. Echo Dead saying Britt has had an amazing uh, year under her belt right here. They, yeah, they pretty much built it up pretty well. Yeah, she's really coming into her zone. I think they found her, you know, she's found her, I don't want to say her gimmick, but she's found her, she's found her way in, in AEW, and she... She's got something going, and she's rolling with it, and she's doing a fantastic job. So uh, ever since that Lights Out match with Thunder Rosa, it's crazy because Thunder Rosa won the match, but more people were talking about Britt Baker after that match. Mm -hmm. All right, next match was uh, Darby Allen and Sting taking on Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. I got to tell you what, man. Sting, oh, my goodness, what a performance he had. 62 years old, and... I mean, he's doing dives off the poker chips and everything. I mean, he 
had that crowd buzzing in Daly's place on Sunday night. Darby and Sting get the win. They're 2-0 and as a tag team, by the way. So I'll uh, be curious to see where, if uh, maybe they, they go up in the ranks in the uh, in the tag team division at some point. But it was Sting's first live match in a ring in front of a crowd in six years now. Ever since Seth Rollins uh, fucked him up, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not a champion in 2015. But, but Sting, look... Uh, you know, you'd think he might have some ring rust. Um, he's obviously older. His body, you, you can't move like he used to. But, man, he looked good. And I was so excited to see that he's was able to move well. And I'm sure his body was hurting on Monday. But props to the Stinger man for uh, putting on a, a tremendous performance uh, Sunday night. And uh, Darby Allen too. I mean, Darby's, you know, I, I said this in our group chat, but... Uh, there is no wrestler in AEW that has benefited from AEW more than Darby Allen. I I think he's, his stock has risen the highest strictly from AEW than than any other superstar or wrestler in in that company. He is just fantastic. I I can't say enough good things about Darby Allen. He's great in the ring. He's, you know, (laughs) if, if it involves almost killing himself, Darby's like, I'm in. So, uh, I, I thoroughly enjoy Darby Allen. He is just absolutely spectacular. Sting, if you need some CBD, hit your boy up. CBD for you.net, 50 to 80% off. <laughs> also, uh, it was a spot. I think it was Ethan Page threw Darby into the crowd. You, you saw that, right? I don't recall that. He was in the ring and he had Darby up over his head and threw him into, into the front row. I think that hit the microphone there. There was a group of, uh, I think they had a group of talent right there because there was a couple times where they had spots involving the crowd right there on the side of the ring, but I think they had some AEW talent right there. But he chunked Darby into the crowd from inside the ring. Nice. So, I mean, Darby went flying. So, like I said, if it involves <laughs> almost getting killed, Darby's like, I'm in. So, yeah. Great, great match, though. I mean, it was a fun match. The crowd was into it. The crowd was loving some sting. I tell you what, and so was I, and Darby Allen as well. And then we move on to the AEW World Championship Triple Threat Match. Man, this match was was fantastic. It was wild. It went on for, let's see how long it was, 27 minutes on the dot. It was amazing. Um, I, I I can't even, I should, have, I should write these things down, but I can't remember anything specific from this match that really stood out other than overall just a, a fantastic match. Um, uh, Orange Cassidy, uh, he's great. Uh, we get to see a lot, a little bit more of his gimmick, but at the same time, we get to see a lot of good wrestling from him as well. Pack is still amazing. Pack is, is fantastic. He's going to be world champion at some point. And then, of course, Kenny Omega, you know, the best bout machine. He showed up, did his thing. And overall, it was a, a fantastic match. I saw people saying that this is a match of the year candidate. Uh, I can't argue with that. It was certainly, I mean, just so many false finishes. Uh, I thought maybe, and I, I never once really thought Omega wasn't going to win. But, I mean, there were times where I was like, maybe? Hmm? No, okay, yeah, that's what I thought. So, uh, overall, great match. Kenny Omega retains as I expected, but, man, what, what a fun match that was. 
Yeah, and like I was talking to you earlier this week, man, I, Orange Cassidy's lucky he's not paralyzed because I think it was Omega that gave him an Owen Hart-style power drive. Yeah. And you could see his head below his legs. And I was like, like when he took that, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> but I guess he's okay. We haven't heard anything about it, and he was able to continue the match. But I was like, dang, at least well, that yeah, boy got a concussion. That- well, that concerns me, too, because I think a few weeks prior to the show, he, he got hurt. I forgot who. Taking a power bomb. Yeah, he got power bombed. And, but, man, he, uh, it's, I hope he's okay because, like I said, he, he was almost questionable going into the match, but he turned out you know, to be just fine. Uh, Nyko Dead says, uh, kind of off topic, but how would you guys work Pentagon Jr. into the world title picture? I'd love to see him work with Kenny way more. Well, they do have a little bit of history. They did fight each other one-on-one back at All In when they had the, you know, the Bullet Club put on the All In show back in 2018. So they, they guess they do kind of have that. I know Ray Phoenix uh, fought. Did Ray Phoenix fought for the world title at, at one point at EW uh, a little bit? By the way, Ray Phoenix was doing Spanish commentary since their other Spanish commentator was making fun of Hikaru Shida, and they canned his ass real quick. <laughs> so they uh, grabbed uh, Ray Phoenix. But I'm a huge fan of Penta uh pentagon you know he could easily won the casino battle royale um maybe i would say at all out they're gonna have another casino battle royale have pentagon jr win that and then he'll he'll go fight kenny that's how i i I would see it happening but right now i mean that that to me that would be the most natural thing to do because i just don't see any other natural way of really getting him into the title picture Um, and then I don't think they're going to work him into it at all because we got the six-man tag, the trios belts coming up here soon, and you would imagine Death Circle is going to be Death Triangle. Uh, the sh- oh, Death Triangle. Sorry, wrong shape, dude. Sorry, <laughs> Death Triangle is going yeah. to be. I-, I would say probably the first champions because I mean, how could you not give it to Penta, Phoenix, and Pac? Yeah, they are a, a, a tremendous trio. Um, would love to see that but um obviously that that's still i don't know how long away that that is but i think cody said that it is coming to aew at some point we don't know when but it'll certainly happen but as far as pentagon jr i'm a huge fan of pentagon jr man love his work he's awesome he's very entertaining uh just nothing bad to say about pentagon jr but if i I, the only way i could see them working in him into the world title picture is him winning the casino battle royale maybe at all out but like you said i don't even think i see them doing that but at some point he will be in the world title picture it may just be a ways down the line yeah because you think the next person they're going to push is probably christian uh that's my guess but who knows at this point but uh i I would guess christian because right when he got here to aew they sort of teased him in, in omega so they had a little confrontation and whatnot so yeah maybe christian could be in the title picture uh, like I said, he, he, maybe it all out. It's possible. But, um, yeah, anything more on the triple threat match? No. All right, well, let's go on to the main event of the night. Uh, that is Stadium Stampede 2. And, boy, this match, man. This was, there, There's a lot. There's almost a lot. There's a lot to take away from this match. But I'm going to try not to spend all night on it as we, uh, we, we, we ain't got too much time left. But we can go over a little bit. I got supper hidden here before long. So, um, but the stadium stampede w- was highly entertaining in, in my opinion. Um, obviously the inner circle one, 
the interesting thing about it was you can obviously tell at the beginning it was pre-recorded. They start off in the stadium. MJF comes in in a, in a limousine. The inner circle comes down off the, the scoreboard of a TIAA bank field. And, and for a second, I was like, boy, I hope they don't, those wires don't snap. But uh, they came down and they went to attack uh, MJF, but he runs back into his his limousine and they assume that the rest of the inner circle is in there. But then FTR and Sean Spears and Tully, they drive up and, uh, and Wardlow, they all drive up in the truck. So they start brawling on the field and the, you know, they obviously the, the tag teams, FTR and LA, uh, not LAX pride and powerful Santina and Ortiz, they go off and fight. They have their segments. Hager and Wardlow go off and fight and have their own segments. Guevara and Sean Spears have their own segments. And then MJF and Jericho have their own segments. And they're going back and forth between the segments and everything. And I thought it was really well put together. The best part for me, uh, MJF and Jericho's segments, they're fighting. Uh, and then... Uh, MJF picks up the, the, the phone wherever they were. They had, there was a phone and he picks it up. He's like, sorry, Chris can't come to the phone right now. He's too busy getting his teeth kicked in. And apparently they said that was a callback to when The Rock fought Mankind. I don't know if it was in the Boiler Room match or the Empty Arena match where Rock picks up the phone and says, sorry, Mankind can't come to the phone right now, whatever the case may be. And then um, the, the moment for me, I was like, you got to be kidding me, was when they went into Urban Meyer's office and Urban Meyer and Charlie Stronger in there, and like they just kind of like, what the hell? Like, and they're fighting, and then next thing you know, Jericho, I think Charlie Strong tossed him a couple of footballs, and he threw him at MJF. <laughs> and then he asked Urban Meyer for a laptop, and then so he smashes the laptop over MJF, and then as they fight out, I think he turns back to M- Urban Meyer and says, "It's something like good luck this season," and then you just hear Urban Meyer's like holy shit like just like i never thought i'd hear urban meyer just say holy shit on aew but it it happened and everything so they kept fighting and then ultimately like i said at this point i'm thinking this is all pre-recorded but next thing you know jericho and mjf kind of start fighting into the concourse of the arena and then they fight and then guevara and spears they start fighting into the arena and ultimately go into the ring and they start fighting and Guevara ultimately gets the victory in inside the ring. And someone said this and it was, they said how poetic it was, how this match started as a cinematic match and it ended up in, in, the, in the ring live in front of the audience and it was kind of poetic how this match sort of signified the end of the pandemic era and, you know, the start of the post pandemic era in, in front of live fans. And I was like, that is a really cool way to, to spin it. And even though I don't think they were trying to do that, but another cool thing about it was um, when FTR and pride and powerful were fighting in that club, Conan was the, the DJ. So Conan got a nice big pop there and everything, but, uh, a, a lot to take away from this match uh, that I just can't think of off the top of my head at, at this moment. But, man, it, it was a fun match. It was easily better than the, the last one that they had, but I enjoyed it. I, thoroughly, I From top to bottom, I enjoyed the entire show, with maybe the exception of the Anthony Gogo 
uh, Cody match, which I, I didn't I didn't hate it, but I was I I, I could have gone without seeing that match personally, but everything else in that show, man, fantastic job from AEW. Uh, I think that might be their best show they put on since they started the company. Yeah, I was really surprised because I was really stuck on the fact that I thought Jericho was really itching to get out with Fozzie and wanted to start touring since the pandemic was kind of, you know, fading away. And I was like, oh, well, this is a great way to end out the inner circle. Um, so I was surprised when Sammy got the, the got the pin, not only because Sammy got the pin, but I was like, I was like, it only makes sense that Jericho would want to, you know, get a few months off. But yeah. You think they're building Sammy from this up to getting to the big picture, huh? Yeah, I mean, it, it would appear that way that because obviously, you know, it, it's the main event of your big show and the finish is having Sammy Guevara go over Sean Spears and that this right here will kind of skyrocket Sammy. I mean, Sammy was already over, but this kind of right here, like it seems like they want to put a rocket on him and, and send him to the moon. So and obviously Jericho's going to get to the point where he's not going to be able to wrestle full time. So, you know, who takes over the, uh, the inner circle? I think that, you know, Sammy Guevara and a lot of people have used the comparison to Eddie Guerrero. And that, that's a tremendous comparison for, for Sammy Guevara. But yeah, he's going to be, he's going to be something special. And I think they're, uh, they're, they're at the point now where they're like, all right, let's start, you know, let's start pushing the hell out of this kid. Cause he's, He's going to be something serious. On a scale one to five, one being terrible, five being amazing, what would you give the uh, pay-per-view? I would say I'd give it a four. Because out of 10, I would have gave it like an 8.5. So I'd say about a four. I almost said four and a half, but I was like, eh. There were a couple of things that I was, you know, like could have been – better but we're good like right. obviously the cody anthony agogo match uh, leo rushes uh being the 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 joker entry it you know could have thought it been a little something better but like i said it wasn't it was okay i wasn't mad about it and uh yeah i, I would say uh, a four out of five for sure easily right on see there it went again right to the small pictures i don't i don't what are you doing here melon <laughs> all right well it's time for rumor mill um, what's the first rumor you got there? So a lot of speculation around WWE right now, and we'll get to some of it a little bit later on as well. There's speculation from Brian Alvarez. Also ringside news and others are saying that Brock Lesnar's name was included in the script for Monday night raw because WWE has plans to bring him back soon to feud with Bobby Lashley. Well, that's a feud that Bobby, I know Bobby Lashley has been wanting. He's got obviously got the WWE title right now. And that's a that's a feud I think a lot of people have been wanting to see because, obviously, uh, realistically, Bobby looks the part that can obviously, you know, if, if those two were to get into a fight, uh, it's believable that Bobby Lashley could maybe beat up Brock Lesnar. Uh, two humongous guys. Uh, Bobby's doing big things with the WWE title. And, uh, yeah, I think it would be a tremendous uh, match. There, there's rumors that it could happen at SummerSlam. Well, I tell you what, they bring back Lesnar. How chapped are you if you're Braun Strowman? You're like, bro, they cut me for money, and then they're going to pay this guy a piss load of money to come back and just wrestle one match? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. But now that the fans are coming back, 
I, I think Lesnar will be around more often, I think, because of the fans. And obviously the pandemic hit when he was in a, a program with, with Drew McIntyre. They had the fight at WrestleMania last year, so he kind of had to do that. But then ever since then, you know, we haven't seen Brock Lesnar, and he probably said, hey, look, I'm not going to wrestle in front of uh, computer screens. I want to wrestle when there's real people. So, uh, so yeah, now that people are going to be coming back, obviously, in July for WWE, you know, Lesnar, Lesnar will be back in probably the same capacity. He'll show up 10 times a year and wrestle four or five matches a year. He's like, screw all these computer screens. I'll stay in Minnesota and bang Sable. All right, regarding Zelina Vega's possible return to WWE, Fightful Select says they haven't heard back if she's ever signed her contract with WWE and if there's any specific plans for her with the company. And now that, just like um, uh, old Marcus said, with Aleister Black getting canned, that may complicate the thing. Yeah, and I'm still wondering what they were going to do with her because obviously there were rumors a few weeks ago that she was spotted at the Performance Center. Maybe there was a return. And now I feel like that that may not happen, obviously, but because one, Alistair's gone. Two, she was saying how she makes more money on her Twitch channel than she was making in WWE. That's crazy. So, I mean, we, we kind of know why. I mean, she's, I mean, look at her. I mean, hey, who didn't want to watch Zelina Vega or Thea Trinidad uh, as she's on Twitch? You know, who wouldn't want to look at her? I mean, come on now. So, I'll be surprised if she shows back up at this point. Do you think she goes with Aleister Black over to AEW? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised that either. Because um, if she showed back up at the Performance Center, it, it shows that maybe she didn't want to go do some wrestling. But, you know, obviously she can do that elsewhere. Yeah. And then the last but not the least, we alluded to this earlier on in the podcast, Ryan Bowman, Ryan K. Bowman from Sports Kedia Wrestling posted this the other day because there's been a lot of speculation of maybe WWE trying to sell the company, and that's why they unloaded a lot of money with Braun and all these other superstars that were making a lot of money. And um, people are saying Disney, people are saying other companies, but he had a great take on it saying that it might be uh, possibly NBC Universal that may be uh, buying them, and you think they're already on you know, USA, which is owned by NBC. They're on Peacock, which is owned by NBC. It only makes sense. And he also stated that, you know, he thinks, and a lot of other people think that Nick Khan being put into the new role that he is coming from NBC, and that's to help facilitate the sale, the move. Yeah, I did read that. Obviously, I think it was in January of last year where they got rid of whoever they had in in, in charge and, and put Nick Khan there ever since January of 2020, uh, they've been kind of, it seems like they may have been grooming him or, and grooming the company for a potential sale. And, you know, we're, we're starting to see some proof of that with all these releases that we've seen in the last year and even more so this year. So It'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens if somebody does buy WWE because I mean obviously Vince is getting up in up in age, uh, I mean he's been at this for God knows how long, and it'll be interesting to see if they do sell. First of all, who's going to buy them, and then second of all, what kind of direction is this company going to go in? Is the product going to get better? Is it going to get worse? I mean, what's going to happen uh, and everything? So 
a lot of obviously a lot of moving parts happening right now, but uh, and I never thought I'd see the day where WWE would be sold to someone else, but I don't know. It seems like the speculation for WWE being sold is higher than ever. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, Vince is getting old. Take the buyout. Take the money. You also get your daughter and your son-in-law hella paid off of the sale as well. Yeah. And then they retain their spots. I mean, I would think the reins go straight to Triple H to start running the company after they sell. Yeah, and if that's the case, I would like to think that the product will vastly improve because obviously we know what Triple H has done with NXT and how successful he's been with NXT. So uh, let's hope if WWE gets sold that that is the case. And, you know, besides Roman Reigns, we really haven't seen a humongous star like John Cena. And I think that just fell into Vince's lap. You know what I mean? Because I mean, obviously, like if, if you look at that, that class, you know, they always talk about that class of superstars that came in. It was Cena, Orton, Batista and Lesnar. I mean, four stars, you know, obviously going to be four Hall of Famers. But you just, I don't know, I guess you don't see that kind of star power come through anymore. I, I don't know what it is. But or Triple H. WWE's not developing them correctly anymore. I don't know. But just like you said with Triple H, you know, he's going to be able to transition the huge stars in NXT and keep them a huge star in WWE. Yeah. So I, I think it's going to be great for the company, and I think the sky's the limit once they sell. Yeah, and there's going to be a lot of, if the company gets sold, then when it does, if it does, uh, there's going to be so much buzz around the company and everyone's going to be talking about it and everything. And I think people are going to be tuned in to see, you know, how's it going to change? So we'll see. I don't know when, what the ETA would be if this, if this does happen, but it seems like it's been in motion. If it's going to happen, it's been in motion for over a year now. Right. Well, that is the show for today, episode 100. Thank you to Marcus and Nico Dead for all the interaction. We appreciate you guys. That makes the show a heck of a lot more fun. Um, Nico, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Hit that bell notification so you know when your boys get back on here so we can talk some wrestling. And follow us on our social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Twitch, and YouTube at The Average Marks. Um, cool thing about our Facebook and Twitter, Patrick runs the Twitter. I run the Facebook. So you're going to get two different stuff in your news feeds, on both of those platforms. So it's not just all the same humdrum. Well, Patrick, I think that's it, man. Yes, sir. There's only one thing left to do. Outro. You've been listening to the average marks pro wrestling podcast with David Boston and Patrick Fry. All opinions discussed in the show are those of the average marks and do not represent any wrestling company, organization, or individual. This has been a Lake Area Media LLC production.